All right, check this out, y'all. <clears throat> I know that I've been going an hour and ten minutes on my sermons for the last, like, six weeks, whatever, six times I preached. And um, I just came from uh, Jubilee. Uh, the Lord put it on my heart to just visit the other English ministries. So uh, I talked to Pastor Dave this past Thursday, and he was like, well, why don't you come this Sunday because I'm going to be gone for a few weeks because uh, he's going for his brother's wedding. And so he was like, why don't you come this week? So I said, all right. Let me look at my schedule, and I realized Jubilee service is at 10 a.m., so I just went to their service and came straight here. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a real blessing just to be able to, like, just go and just sit there, as any, just like everyone else, just like many of you experienced here in New Philly. I just sat there with Aaron, Pastor Aaron, and we just, we just got to worship with Jubilee. It was, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. And uh, I realized that if you're a newcomer, uh, sitting through an hour and ten minute sermon, six weeks straight can be a, a little bit, a little bit difficult. It could be challenging. Now I know that my sermons don't feel like an hour and ten minutes. I know that. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell me. But I still feel like uh, I should be committed to shorter sermons. All right, uh, less is more. Uh, Go with uh, more simplicity in some sense. Um, I know y'all love my stories, but, you know, just to limit the number of stories that I share, okay? So in my radical commitment to a shorter sermon, today I'm going to do something very crazy so that you can directly keep me accountable. Today I will go 35 minutes and only 35 minutes. And this is the way it's going to work. Uh, who's clapping? Alan, I'll talk to you right after service. <laughs> Why are you clapping, man? <laughs> okay, here's the way it's going to work. Our, our brother Larry here is a programming director, and every week he shows me how much time I have left, and every week I completely uh, numb myself to it. <laughs> Because usually when they hold up 10 minutes more, I'm like just in my intro or something. Oh, man. Anyway, so today what's going to happen is Larry's going to hold up uh, his usual signs. And when time is hit 35 minutes today, he's going to hold up his sign nice and big. Okay, He's going to hold it above his head. And when you see the sign go above his head, don't feel guilty. I am blessing you and authorizing you to do this. All of you guys are just going to start clapping. All right, that's going, to, that's going to really force me to just stay within the time, all right, and I'll, and I'll, just, I'll just close from there, all right? I will close. As you clap, I will take that, and I will close, and I will learn. Even if I'm in the middle of my sermon, I will learn to just close it up, and that'll, that'll force me to prepare my sermons better, all right? That's my commitment to you. You see that? See how much I love you newcomers? All right. All right, so check this out. Um, yeah, I got to visit Jubilee today with Pastor Aaron, and it was indeed wonderful. It was really just uh, cool just to be able to see how the Lord is moving in other English ministries in the city. Um, Jubilee's morning service is more for married couples with children. So there are just children everywhere, man. I thought I was like at a children's ministry. The children everywhere. There are a lot of babies. And, uh, you know, we're going to get there, too. You know, we're, there are going to be babies coming out real soon. 
But uh, for now, I'm thankful for the season that we're in. And, uh, and it was good. The, the worship, Kaylin did an awesome job just leading worship. She's, her anointing for worship has gotten just greater and greater. And I was just really blessed. Pastor Dave, you know, he preached this message. You know, he used to preach right here from this pulpit. He used to preach here. He was the lead, lead pastor of JSCM, which was the English ministry here at Cherry Songdo before I, I took over and turned it into New Philly. He used to preach from here almost every week for six years. And it was just good to just kind of sit there and hear him preach again. And uh, they, Jubilee has a wonderful, just wonderful house, just a wonderful church, a lot of amazing people. I mean, I realize a lot of my, uh, like, Good friends are there as well, and, you know, I just really celebrate what God is doing there. And Jubilee has a wonderful church. And uh, how many of you guys know we also have a pretty wonderful church right here? We have an awesome house, man. Let me tell you, today the worship was just like like a whole nother level. I don't know if it was the tension of Pastor John having to go down to Busan every week. And just maybe going down to Busan, it just created this like, man, when I get to Hillside, I just can't wait. Because, man, today was just like spiritually, it was just like, a, like something was, it, it felt like there was, we had like a sunroof on, this, on, the, on the sanctuary. You know what I mean? It was just like that open heaven feel. If you didn't feel it, you need to heighten your spiritual discernment. It wasn't the air conditioning, all right? There was, it was powerful. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, going visit o- Onuri. I'm hoping to visit Onuri uh, as Hobingo probably in an upcoming week. I just want to kind of do it in, within a certain time period so I can kind of hear what the Lord is trying to say to me through all these visits as well. So it was really good. Right, let me get into my message since I don't have much time. Check this out. Let's go. How many of you guys understand, most of you in here, although we have a lot of wonderful Korean native brothers and sisters, most of you in here, you guys are foreigners. You're expats, you're white, you're black, you're Hispanic, you're uh, Chinese, Korean American, Korean Canadian. We're an expat. It's not an expat community, but a lot of us are. And many of us... We know how tough it is to live in Korea, don't we? <laughs> Living in Korea is not easy. There's a lot of wonderful things. Let me, let me point out, though. Subways are clean. We have cell phone access in subways. Okay? Last time I went to New York City, all right, you go just under the stairs a little bit and, you know, no more calls. No voicemail, nothing. You can't see nothing. Um... The streets are very safe. You just have to avoid them crazy ajumas. That's it. Ajumas are actually harmless. They'll elbow you real rough. But other than that, you stay out of their way. They're not going to harm you. The city uh, has really become a global city in a lot of ways. Street signs are all in English, some, sometimes even Chinese. Uh, bus uh, announcements are made in sometimes Chinese, Japanese, English, and Korean. Uh, there are certain lines that are like that. Uh, the city is very efficient. Um, family is uh, very important in this society. And you see uh, that here in Korea, uh, the fabric of society is very strong. There's different reasons why it's strong, but it's, it's very strong. And there's good things about that. Uh, but we also understand that Korea is pretty tough to live in as well. 
um, the laws here can make it very difficult for a foreigner to get loans or to get loans to start a business. You know, you go to America, you know, people get, people get loans. They just go in and they ask for a loan and they get, they get a loan and they open up a cupcake store. They open up, uh, you know, uh, a dry cleaner, you know. You know, people get loans, but here in Korea, man, it's real tough. The laws are real tough. It's, it's almost as if they don't want you to. It's not, um, uh, contrast would be Singapore. Singapore is a very foreigner investment friendly city. And because that's been driven for so many years now, it's very expensive now to do business in Singapore. Hong Kong also was like that, right? Um, but, uh, Tokyo, even Tokyo is tough, but you know, Seoul is a lot tougher in terms of laws and regulations. You know that um, the reason why you don't see non-Korean cars on the streets, mostly, you don't see Hondas here, you don't see Nissans. Right? You go to America, man, everything's a Nissan, a Honda. There's a lot of Hyundais now in America, too. But you don't see many foreigner cars here. You know why? It's because for foreigner cars to do business here, they have to partner with the local Korean car business. And then they have to co-brand it. And if you go direct, there's a high tax on the sale of the car. So only the wealthy really get uh, uh, Mercedes or uh, Honda even. Uh, you know, these things, uh, Audi, these are very expensive because tax is really high. It might be like anywhere from like 28 to 35% of the price, right? In America, you just get a car, you know, it's, it's an 8 9% state, state sales tax and you're done. Maybe some fees and stuff, but here it's very expensive. So the laws here make it difficult for foreigners. Man, I'm, I'm getting too detail-oriented. <laughs> I feel like that clap is about to come on any second. <laughs> Woo! Let me move. Let me move. Uh, another tough part is Korea is, is not uh, an English-speaking city quite yet. There's a lot of English speakers and people can understand English. But if you've lived here long enough, you know that Koreans, they still struggle very, very much in learning English and speaking English. And uh, most of us don't speak Korean. And so it makes it very difficult to live in the city. And Korean culture... Uh, anthropologists have studied cultures of the world and for developed nations, Korean culture, they said, is one of the diff- most difficult and most unique and most oddest, the culture with the most oddities and most difficult to understand than any culture in the world. And so um, you can read articles. There's plenty of articles like that say a similar opinion. Man, it's tough living in Korea. But I want to highlight something that we see in the, in the scriptures over and over again. Okay, I'm going to have you guys turn to two passages right now. Genesis chapter 12 and 1 Peter chapter 1. Okay, put your finger on Genesis 12. And then we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 1 first. We're going to read that first. Verse 1 and 2. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the, di- of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in the sanctifi- sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Amen? 
It's good to have grace and peace added to you. It's another thing to have it multiply to you. You know what I'm saying? Well, here, Peter, Apostle Peter uses the word here, elect exiles. Elect exiles. Now, that Greek word for exiles, parepidemos. Uh, no, parepidemos. All right. Uh, that word can also be translated as a resident foreigner. Okay? And so the audience that Peter is writing to here in his letter is an audience of resident foreigners. Does that sound familiar? Hey, first Peter is for you. Grace and peace multiplied is for you. And let, me, let me go further here. The word dispersion here in the ESV is the Greek word for diaspora, where we get the word diaspora. <laughs> diaspora uh, can be translated as scatter, scattered abroad, dispersed. Uh, it could refer to the Israelites that were dispersed among the nations. Uh, it can also refer to Christians that were scattered abroad among the Gentiles. Uh, diaspora. Everyone say diasporas. diasporas. Our church community here at New Philly consists in large part to elect exiles. Now, exiles sounds so bad, right? So elect resident foreigners of the diaspora, of the dispersion. All over the world. You know, right now, God is taking his church, his people, and he's dispersing them all over the world. Whether you're from Canada, Australia, America, Indonesia, Malaysia, God is taking you. And he's scattering his people all over the world. And one of the, way, where, one of the places that he's scattering his people the most is right here in Korea. Now, there's been an influx of foreigners here in this nation, and it's not by coincidence. You are here with a purpose. You might think living here is tough, but God is saying, I want my grace and peace to be multiplied to you so that my purposes in your life may prosper. Because I have brought you here, I've dispersed you on purpose. You didn't come here by accident is what I'm trying to say. And that this addressing of a community of diaspora is not unfamiliar. You don't have to feel like, oh man, nobody understands what it's like for me to live in Korea. Okay? You need to get rid of that attitude because all throughout scripture, actually, that is a theme. Living in a foreign land. Let's look at somebody else that had the experience of being dispersed. Okay? Go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. And here is a pagan gentleman named Abram. And God speaks to him here, verse 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you, make of you a great nation and I will bless you. And make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went 
as the Lord had told him. And Lot, his cousin, went with him also. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Living in a foreign land is not easy. Abraham understands your situation. God's call required of him to leave his hometown, to leave his friends, his family, to leave that which was comfortable and to go somewhere else that he had no idea what he would find there. He didn't even know where he was going. Is that some of y'all felt like that when you came to Korea? Some of you, you guys give me this story like, man, before I came to Korea, I didn't even know where it was on the map. I didn't know what kimchi was. I didn't even know Koreans existed. Some, some people have that. Not, not many of you, but some of y'all have that story. And it's almost like Abraham. God said, just go. I'm opening this door for this job. I want you to go to this nation that you don't know. And once you got there, you realize that it wasn't just for a job. There was a much bigger purpose that was connected to God calling you here. You know, the loss for Abraham here was not very, very favorable in the land of Canaan that God was leading him to. In fact, they probably didn't ha- even have that many laws in the land of Canaan. You know, you just have different uh, tribal groups living and forming their own little towns and cities. It's not like they all got together for a joint prayer meeting each month. All right. These people didn't, most of them didn't know each other, didn't like each other. They might even speak, spoken different languages or variants of different ancient Near East languages. There's no indication that Abraham was multilingual or multicultural. It was going to be a very tough move for him because it wasn't just Abraham. It wasn't just like your case where you're single, young, and God says go. And you go, all right, Lord, I'll go. Abraham was 75 years old. He had a wife. He had servants. He had property. I mean, right now I'm pretty young. But I've acquired quite a number of possessions. In fact, like half my possessions are still in Philly. It's all in boxes in my mom's basement. Man, when I moved here to Korea, I realized just how much possessions I had accumulated. But, you know, over the years I realized they they weren't that important because they're still in the boxes. (laughs) I come to Korea and and I've had in mind, I'm going to live more simple. I don't want all these possessions. I'm going to use Craigslist, eBay, just sell off things I don't really need. I'm going to live real simple. But that hasn't really worked out. (laughs) I think I've accumulated like three or four times more possessions here in a much shorter period of time. (laughs) Abraham all had all these possessions, had had these servants, had his wife. And God says, I want you to take all that and I want you to move. And they didn't have moving companies back then. He just had like camels. I mean, imagine trying to move all your stuff with camels. That was a major change. So Abraham can relate to the major change you might have experienced when you dropped your job, you quit your job, you left your family to come to this foreign land. The Lord has called many of you to this nation here in Korea. To be here, God is saying, I'm going to give it to you. It's like the promised land for this upcoming season or perhaps your lifetime. The promised land is Korea. And I brought you here. I got one witness. Hallelujah. 
And he not only calls you to leave your hometown and your family, but he also gives you a promise. He says, go and I will bless you. I will bless you and all the families of the earth. Other translations, all the ethnicities, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. Today, the the title of my sermon is Your Mama. Okay, stay with me here. Stay with me, okay? Today, I'm going to talk about your mama. We talk about your mama. And in particular, I'm going to talk about the Korean mama, all right? Now, if you don't have a Korean mama, don't worry about it. Just listen, okay? And when I say Korean mama, I mean both the mama and the papa, okay? So if your parents were together, then praise the Lord. When I say mama, it means both. If you grew up in a single-parent home, when I say mama, it's the single parent that you grew up with or the legal guardian or your uncle or grandparent that that raised you, okay? And when I say, um, I'm going to say America, just for the sake of simplicity, okay? But when I say America, I mean whatever country your mama immigrated to when you were real young or before you were born, all right? So today I'm going to talk about your mama, Okay? So when I say America, it could mean Canada, Australia, Indonesia, wherever. You know, Koreans, they're just scattered everywhere. Koreans have immigrated everywhere, man. They have gone to places. Man, when I go on mission trips, man, you always find a Korean restaurant somewhere. <laughs> I remember going to Kazakhstan when I was uh, back in 1998. And, then, you, know, out of, you know, I'm eating borscht all the time, eating shashlik, you know, eating all these Kazakh foods. And then this random Korean restaurant called Turbone. With a guy, face of a guy with a beard. Turbo net, turbo net, what the? But you know, we got so excited, you know, we went in and we ate. You know, Koreans are everywhere. So I'm going to talk about your mama. Now, first of all, your mama most likely immigrated to America when she was young. Think about that for a moment. I know you guys are young, but think about your mama's age when she immigrated to America. Most of your stories are that your mama was 25, 28, 30 when she immigrated to America. She carried you on her arm or in her womb. You know, she immigrated perhaps to get further education, whatever, but she immigrated when she was young. Secondly, your mama, for the older uh, folks, your mama probably didn't have a college degree. I know my mama didn't. She had a nursing degree, but it wasn't a a full college degree. Or if your family was fortunate to have one, when your mama took that degree to America, it didn't mean Jack. Think about that. Think about at least many of your American degrees are honored here in Korea. In fact, required for you to get some of these jobs. But imagine your Korean mama, daddy. You know, laminated their degree and bringing it to America and thinking they're going to honor my education. And the moment they whip that joint out at a job interview, you know, managers are looking at them funny. Like, I'm a McDonald's manager. Why are you bringing me this Chinese degree or something like that? It didn't mean Jack. It didn't mean Jack. Think about that. Think how hard that must have been for your mama. Third, your mama... 
didn't speak a lick of English when she stepped foot into America. And after five, ten years, her English level still did not improve by much. <laughs> Fourth, your mama probably faced, think about it, a lot of discrimination. You face discrimination here in Korea. I understand. I understand you, you're black, so everybody keeps staring at you on the subway. I understand you're a tall white guy. Everyone keeps staring at you. I understand if you're a Chinese-American, everyone keeps thinking you're, you speak Korean. <laughs> you might face some discrimination here. But let me tell you about your mama discrimination, man. Your mama faced some discrimination. Especially if you immigrate to America. For people who don't know, people who don't know American culture, America is the most racist country in the world. It's the most diverse country, but it is also the most racist because of its history. You know, you still have the Ku Klux Klan. People think, you know, we're still living on a Confederate flag and stuff. Hey, you got to be careful when you go to parts of America. There's still a lot of racism. You go to, you go to New York City, there's a lot of racism. You think, you think a city like that, that's multi-ethnic, that, that diverse, you think there's no racism? You're wrong. Try walking through the Bronx. Try walking through uh, the Bronx. <laughs> or, uh, or if you ever visit Columbia University, let me tell you something right now. All right? There are two subway lines that go up to 116th Street. Make sure you take the one on the west. The one on the east line drops you off in East Harlem. Now, when I was an NYU student, I thought, oh, well, you know, I took the wrong line. I'll just walk over a few avenues. Okay, you don't want to do that. <laughs> a lot of racism still in East Harlem. Okay, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Okay. Look, man, your mama had it tough. Think about her trying to get her driver license at the DMV. They're, and they're telling, trying to get an eye test. And the, and the DMV lady is just getting impatient. You know how, you know how rude they are to you? Yeah. And you speak English. <laughs> Imagine what they did to your mama. Mm. Mm. Or the waiter at a typical restaurant. Your, mom, your mama saved up her money and took, you know, went on a date with your daddy. Went to a nice restaurant. And the waiter just starts getting really impatient. Because the waiter can't understand. And starts discriminating. And starts uh, making them wait longer than other customers. Come on, don't tell me that stuff doesn't happen. Your mama had it tough. But let me tell you something about your mama. Let me tell you about your mama. I know something about your mama. Despite all these obstacles your mama faced, your mama sacrificed. Your mama stepped out in faith. Your mama saved her money. Your mama figured out how to start a business. Even mamas that didn't have a husband around. You know, you, you know like uh, Pastor Sky, her mama started her own business. I know another uh, friend, uh, another student from Columbia. Her mama started her own business by herself. Became a multimillionaire. One of the uh, Fortune 500, I don't know, one of those, like, one of those magazines, man. She, she made a lot of money. She did it all by herself with her lack of English, all her discrimination, everything. She overcame and started her own business. And we, we know the typical Korean businesses, right? Restaurants, laundromats, liquor stores. Where? 
Beauty supply. Dry cleaners. Dry cleaners. Koreans and a lot of other Asian cultures. We love dry cleaning. We don't actually get much dry clean ourselves, but man, we love opening up dry cleaners. And we make a killing. You can go to any suburb in America and you might make six figures from your first year of dry cleaning. And dry cleaners, where's that? <laughs> At least in America. Uh, grocery stores, sneaker stores, import export businesses. We don't really know what they're importing or exporting. <laughs> but that's what your mama told you to say. Or check this out. Hey, your mama started Forever 21. Okay, that is a Kore- first-gen Korean started Forever 21. Okay, there's a lot of cool inside stories that I get to hear from from people that know them, but uh, I can't share it here. Right? But they're really good people, uh, really good Christians. Um, your mama opened up her business with all of those obstacles. And hit a six-figure or more income all while you were still in high school. For some of you, that's your story. A lot of Maryland people, that's your story. Because Maryland was like the land flowing with milk and honey. Back in the 90s, it was the land flowing with milk and honey. And in the, in the 2000s, they thought it was Atlanta. But Atlanta was just a wilderness. <laughs> I'm sorry, anyone from Atlanta, right? A lot of Koreans try to move to Atlanta and they move back. <laughs> My dad was one of them. He said, there's nothing in Atlanta. <laughs> um, but man, Maryland, a lot of people, man, six-figure incomes, man. You know, and, and you don't even have to be a doctor. There are a lot of doctors in Maryland, a lot of Korean Amer- first-gen doctors. But there are a lot more dry cleaners that dry clean the doctor's clothes and made just as much money as a doctor. It's <laughs> pretty crazy. Oh, snap. I am out of time already. All right, let's go, right? Now, if your mama can accomplish all of these things in a foreign land, can I say something? You can at least accomplish similar things. Let me break off that mindset you have. Oh, poor me. Oh, I'm just a foreigner. What can I do in this land? Think about your mama. For the, for the mamas, for the people who have mamas that own multiple properties, that means you should stop complaining about how difficult it is and start dreaming and planning and, and, and aiming to own your own properties. You want to rent for the rest of your life? You know you can't get that Johnson money together? The way it's set up here, man, it's the landowners that make the most money. And it oppresses the middle class, lower middle class and the, and the poor. But, but just because you're there doesn't mean you got to stay there. If your mama do it, I'm just saying you can do it. And not only can you do the same, but as your pastor, this is what's been on my heart burning, burning, especially in this new dispensation where God is saying it's time to build. You know, he's brought in one, almost 100 tenure commitments on the last couple of years. We have almost 100 people who have made tenure commitments to be in Korea, to serve this house, to build New Philly, but also to live and build and prosper in this city. In this season where God is calling us to build, we have to think 
about our mama. Because she was able to do it despite all the obstacles, similar obstacles that you are facing right now. But as your pastor is burning in my heart, I expect you to go even further. I expect you to accomplish even more. Because you know why? Because there's a lot of, a lot of similarities that you're, you have with your mama's immigration story. But there are a lot more differences. Let me point out some of the differences that are actually advantages, leverage for you. Check this out. Your mama barely got higher education. Almost everybody in here, you have at least a bachelor's degree. Most of you in here, you have a bachelor's degree. Even if you don't have a bachelor's degree, it don't matter. Look at Mark Zuckerberg. Look at uh, uh, Steve Jobs. Look at Bill Gates. I just named three of the uh, biggest billionaires in the world. Well, one of them is gone. (laughs) Three of the biggest billionaires in the world. And they all don't have a college degree. Anyway, your mama didn't have one either and she made it work. But check this out. All of you, most of you have a college degree. If not a master's. How many of y'all in here, you have a master's degree? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Oh, it's not that many people. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Six of y'all have a master's degree. Praise the Lord. Your mama had one phone in the house. You have a smartphone, you have a laptop, and you have an iPad. Your mama had one dollar phone in the house. She didn't even have internet back then. If she wanted to start a business, I don't even know how she did it. Yellow pages, I don't know what she's doing. How did she do it? You got Google. You have resources. Websites for the Better Business Bureau. Your mama had an Encyclopedia Britannica that was outdated by the time it got printed. You guys have Google. All right? I know Google is not the most reliable source, but man, you can sift through some unreliable ones to get to reliable ones. Your mama went to a Korean, let me check this out. Your mom went, most of you, your mama went to a Korean church where Christianity, let me just be real here. I honor Korean churches as well, but let me just be real about the, the, the weaknesses, right? Your mama went to a Korean church where it was more about status and wealth than true spirituality. You ever go to a typical uh, middle, upper middle class Korean church? Every, everybody drives up in the bins. Even people who can't afford a Benz will drive up in a Benz, an Audi, an Acura. Why? Because it's all about status. It's all about appearing wealthy, appearing successful. There was no safety in many of these Korean churches. In fact, there was a lot of gossip, backbiting. People got hurt regularly. And your mama may have experienced one or two church splits in her lifetime. Or if your mama was smart, she avoided Korean churches altogether. Knowing about the hypocrisy and cruel culture that goes on there. Those are actually not the wicked mamas. Those are the smart mamas. Some of them just, they just, they real. They go in there and they're like, man, this is hypocrisy. (laughs) And they unfortunately push away Christianity at the same time. But I don't necessarily think they were dumb. I think some of them were the smartest ones to avoid Korean churches. Check this out. You you have a different story. You go to a church where it is multi-ethnic, incredibly accepting and loving. And there is safety all around because gossip is not tolerated here in a culture of sonship and honor. There's a community here to celebrate you and support your crazy dreams. Your mama didn't have that. That's a big difference. That's a huge difference. God has blessed you with more is what I'm trying to say. 
At your mama's church, creativity was not encouraged. Conformity was the virtue. But you go to a church here at New Philly where conformity is, conformity is valued, but creativity is also highly esteemed. Conformity simply makes way for the expression of creativity. And if you try to just go wild and do all your own thing and just playing your own music and painting your own art, all right, that's not necessarily creative. That's just crazy. <laughs> but, you know, there, there are certain basic things you've got to have down. You know what I mean? Anyway, all right. Your mom had a diligent work ethic. You don't. <laughs> Some of you don't. Some of you don't. Let me, let me tell you, man, compared to my mom and my dad, man, my, my work ethic is terrible. But you have the favor of God. Your mom didn't have that teaching growing up. Your mom came to America and went to Korean church. She never heard about the favor of God. She heard about you got to do right. You got to make sure you have your quiet time. You have to kind of strive and perform in order for God to pay attention. But here we teach you and we pull it out the scriptures that God bestows favor and honor. No good thing will you withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Right? How many people are experiencing favor in this house? Right? Doug just got a promotion. Ginny just got a promotion. Sonny will probably get another promotion. I mean, all... I'll tell you right now, all the marketplace people, all the business people in this house that get it, they get it. They get that twinkle in their eye and they're occasionally come up to me and say, Pastor Christian, lay your hands on me. Do that favor prayer again. They get it and then they see it. Every time. There was a young gentleman from Australia. He came in December to visit. He got it. He looked at me and he said, I, I've been searching for a job for over a year and I, I've been shut down everywhere. But I heard about this favor thing you guys have been teaching. I need that. I, need, I, I want that. Can you pray for me? Favor for me to find my job. So I said, all right, I'll pray for you. And I knew that young man got it. So I said, oh, Lord, I just bestow favor on this young man. May people go out of the way to offer him jobs. Okay? I just got a Facebook message yesterday. His sister messaged me and said, oh, you know, I should have you know, updated you. You know, I, haven't, I never messaged you before on Facebook, so I was reluctant. But here, check it out. After your, my brother visited in December, he is now working for a law firm in Australia. Okay, and there's another part, but I can't share that. I'm out of town. All right, let's. Hey, man, we 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 up 35 minutes. Oh, they ran the five minutes fast. What's wrong with you? Why'd you run the five minutes fast? Okay, I got 10 minutes. No, 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 no. That's not the sign. That's 10 minutes, right? I have 10 minutes, or it's done. Oh, 35 minutes is up right now. All right. All right, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Okay, so I will, I will end now. But I will end now, all right. All right, I'm going to end now. I'm going to end now. Okay, so that was about 35-minute sermon. All right. Let me just close with a one-minute story, all right? Let me just close with one-minute story. Let's hang tight. Hey, stop clapping. Stop clapping. All right. All right let me finish. Let me, let me just close with this, all right? Next time you think that you can't, or when, when you're thinking about your future here in Korea, if you're committed to be here long term, next time you think, oh, what can I do? I'm just a foreigner. You know, I'm dispersed. I'm a diaspora in a land that I don't know the laws. I don't know the language. I don't know the culture. Next time you start thinking that like that, think about your mama. Think about everything your mama overcame. And think about you facing the same obstacles, but 
If your mama was able to overcome it, you can overcome it. And on top of that, you have access to incredible blessings and resources and a community that your mama didn't have access to. Which means I expect you guys to rise up to high places in this city. I expect y'all to start businesses. I expect y'all to start entertainment companies. Uh, start um, uh, NGOs. You know, start orphanages. Whatever, whatever the dream it is on your heart, do it. And I'm going to close with this story. I'm going to talk about Canadians for a second. I never honor Canadians. And I will only give one minute to honor them right now. But let me honor them for a second. Let me tell you about the Canadians for a minute. All right. Canadians, I found out, opened up, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they opened up Holy Chow, which is a restaurant chain in Korea, and they opened up Bulgogi Brothers. Bulgogi Brothers opened up its first restaurant in Gangnam in October of 2006. If you ever, if you hate smelling like Kogi when you come out of a Kogi place, Bulgogi Brothers, you won't have that problem. Because most of their restaurants, they suck the air into the table. So the smell, it's a smoke-free environment, they say. In six years, they have franchised all over Korea. I don't know how many stores they have now. They have also opened up recently in the Philippines. Filipinos are all over it. (laughs) And in Canada, I don't know if that's correct. That's what I got. With plans to expand to other countries. Canadians living in Korea started Brugogi Brothers. Uh, one of our Canadian brothers here at New Philly, right? Here at Hillside, James, right? He opened up Yale Town in Shincheon, which is a burger joint. He opened up Yale Town with two of his friends, both also Canadian. Okay? Let me tell you something, man. I haven't heard many stories of Americans open up anything. Only thing they can open up right now is like a can of soda or something. I don't hear. Where are the Americans at? Where are y'all? Come on, my people. Fellow citizens. Hey, man, if Canadians with their Canadian college education can. Hey, I'm just stirring you to holy jealousy, all right? Holy jealousy. <laughs> I love all my Canadian brothers and sisters. Come on. Come on. Hey, man, I'm just saying, man, look at these diaspora. Look at the way they've gone for it. They've, they've, they're, they're prospering. They're seeing their dreams come to pass. And the same story can be written for you. But you got to think outside of all the obstacles that you think are facing you and opposing you. They're really all just in your mind. In fact, I think Seoul, the, uh, the city of Seoul, is actually looking for foreign foreigners to rise up in business, to show the Korean business culture a different way of doing things. Because right now, Korean work culture, there's a lot. Koreans admit that Korean work culture is it's, it's a workaholic culture that is not necessarily that efficient or even sometimes even that creative or effective. Koreans will tell you that. So they're looking for people who are going to rise up. Diaspora, they're going to rise up and they're going to teach something fresh, teach something effective, teach something creative. Michael, right? Michael chapter 4, 
right? People will stream to the house of the Lord to say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord that we may learn of his ways, right? Our house here in New Philly, God's going to continue to mature this house to a point where this house is going to be so full of CEOs, entrepreneurs, entertainers. Come on, man. Imagine Jensen winning like K-pop star or something like that as a Malaysian. Come on. This, this church is going to get so full of such spirit-filled, innovative, creative experts, right? Leaders who have character as well as the anointing. That non-believers are going to stream into this sanctuary. They'll be like, we, we, don't, we don't know anything about Christianity. I don't even know if I want Christianity. But I need to learn about all the business ethics, all the business rules that, that Larry Kim has written about in his book. I mean, that Danny Kim has been demonstrating in his chain of restaurants. Chef, Chef Shorty. <laughs> uh, that's one of his nicknames. All right? uh, that's, his, that's his email. Anyway, I'm, not, I'm short too. Okay. All right. So yeah, that was my minute. All right. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey, worship team. We'll have closing worship today. Let's all stand up for the closing worship. Actually, as we do this closing praise, I just feel like the Lord uh, whispered to my heart earlier today. And he says that today he wants to release, he wants to breathe upon the entrepreneurial anointings and mantles that people are carrying in this house. There is a multitude of entrepreneurial anointings and mantles that God has entrusted to individuals in this house. But there's fear, there's unbelief that is blocking them from really stepping out with what God has given them. And I just feel like today God wants to breathe upon the entrepreneurial spirits in this room. Some of you guys are going to go on, you're going to create new markets, new industries, like the iPad, something that other people tried and they failed at, you're going to try and it's going to create a new market. It's going to create new jobs. It's going to create new hope. It's going to be connected not only to profit, but to philanthropy. It's going to be connected to freedom and over human trafficking issues. It's going to provide scholarships for orphans. The entrepreneurial spirit. God wants to breathe upon that. So if you feel like that's you, as we sing this song, I want you to just raise your right hand and just receive. As you praise, just receive the breath of God upon your entrepreneurial spirit. Right, you don't have to be ashamed if you feel like that's you. All right, I want you to just raise your hand during this song of praise. Come on, come on.